0: He's got the whole world in his hands, he's got the whole wide world in his hands. Welcome everyone to another episode of Shelby Green, I am your host Shelby Green, a conversation with Shelby Green, excuse me, God I butchered that. Hell of an intro anyway. Alright guys, so what's we're talking this week. We are going to be reviewing WWE Extreme Rules. I'm going to tell you about how I felt about the event. Talk about you post ideas where I think it's going to go with Crown Jewel Survivor Series around the corner. are going to review every match on a scale of 1 to 10. And then I'm going to give you a review of 1 to 10. And I would say this. Uh, first off, I want to give a special shout out to my stepson Adrian Adams the other day. He pitched his ass off. You know, pitched his ass off, re lift pitching with four strikeouts. He also batted well, three plate appearances. He had he had two doubles, two RBIs, two runs, and he drew a walk. So I'm very proud of him, by the way. I just want to give him a little shout-out. Ah, mounting zero for the working man. So anyway, we're going to talk about this. Then I'm going to get right into it because I'm kind of on a time crunch because I'm going on vacation here soon. I'm trying to, try to push out two episodes for you this week with this one in a the, review in the Hellraiser movie. So anyway, let's talk about this. So... First match tonight, we got the Brawling Roots, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch, Pete Dunn. Please change that name back. God, Triple H, do something for me. Against Imperium, Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Gian- Vinci in a six-man tag match. Tag match, good old-fashioned Donnybrook match, which is basically another word for a street fight. And I would admit this was really good. A lot of good high spots in this match. I thought it was really good <clears throat> from the standpoint of playing playoffs on SmackDown this last Friday where Gunther and Sheamus had that match where Gunther tapped out and the ref missed it because he his, his hand only hit the mat twice, which I thought was a good little finish and to protect Sheamus from losing again. That's really good. I will let you know this right now. Sheamus has had, had, like he's been tweeting banger after banger after banger after banger. Sheamus is probably the MVP of 2022. You know, everybody talks about Rollins. We're going to get into him and Riddle later, but... But Sheamus needs to be in that conversation. What he has done this year, banger after banger after banger after banger, man, it was just great. Um, I would say his Ridge Holland had some good points this match. He showed his strength off a lot of things. Pete Dunne doing his thing like he always does. I'm always going to call him Pete Dunne. I'm not going to call him Butch. Um, Imperium, I thought um, Gunther is money. Ludwig and K- uh, Kazer and Giovanni, I think those I – lo- I would love to see Imperium and – you know, I would love to see, like, not Roman focus on Gunther, but I would like to see Solosuku, if I say his name wrong, I apologize, the younger brother of the Usos, and them taking on these guys in a three-man team. By the way, WD's got some really good groups going on, and we're talking about the, the one I think has got the most heat on them right now in a little bit, but overall, good points or whatever. Uh, Genie vanni took the pin for Sheamus. They protect Lugwig, uh, and then they t- protect Gunther. But overall, I thought it was a really good match. Um, good spots. Sheamus fired up and made a comeback that he only he can make. The shillelagh spots breaking in. You know the whole. You know, just it was just a good time. You know, it was a, and always a good pro wrestling show. You need you re, usually you need a fast paced match getting going or a good or a good tag team match and a good six man, which is what they did. It was a great way to open the show. Did like it so the first match of the night. On a scale of one to on a on a uh scale of one to five, excuse me. And I, I know what I'm, I'm gonna rate the show one through ten by run one through five. I'm gonna give this a four, I'm gonna give this a solid four point two five. a five. I think it was that really well. There were some spots where I'm like, eh, they, they missed a couple spots there, but it wasn't a five star match, but it was really good. I did enjoy it. The match is getting a lot of criticism online. Ronda Rousey versus Liv Morgan for the SmackDown Women's Championship in the Extreme Rules match. Can we please WWE? SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Raw Tag Team Champions, SmackDown Women's Champions, Raw Women's Champions. Can we get the show brand name off the fucking belts? It makes it feel minor league in my opinion. I just don't like it. Can we change that, please? Just my opinion. But overall, I thought this was okay. I didn't th- I didn't really have a lot of expectations. They did a good job with making Liv a little crazy with the baseball bat. Ronna Teasner with it. Ronna being a good heel, talking shit. <clears throat> um... You know, Ronda's getting, you know, Ronda's getting some heat, you know. Ever since Triple H's kind of taken over, Ronda's kind of got a new edge to her, and I like what he's giving to her. She's not a baby face; she's a heel. Ronda's Rousey needs to be a heel. She'll need to be a baby face. Crowd already hates her anyway. They think she doesn't do anything for wrestling. I mean, without Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch and Charlotte don't man-event wrestle And without Ronda Rousey, Sasha Banks and um, Bianca Belair don't man-event wrestle either. So you better pay homage to that woman, because without Ronda, this shit doesn't happen. But anyway, overall, one big highlight of the match, uh, Liv, she sells her ass off. She sold for Ronda, Liv did a little crazy spots. The one thing, I there's two things that are going to be highlighted from this, and it was right, it was the, the I'm not going to talk about the finish, but the chair shots Liv gave Ronda. Listen, I understand you want to, you know, make a moment or whatever, but the chair shots, you remember, now folks are pointing this out, like, you remember what Hulk Hogan Swung and hit Conan in the head with a chair at WCW 2000. It was kind of like a little boop. That's what it felt like. The chair shots were really lacking. If you're going to do that, use the candlesticks. sticks. Women swing those candlesticks like anything. Rhonda knows how to work them. Chairs are harder to work. And when you're trying to take a chair up and go overhead, come coming down with control. Liv wasn't trying to hurt Rhonda. She did a good job protecting her. But at the same time, if you can't make it look good, don't do it. It's an old saying that Dusty Rhodes told Big Bubba Rogers. When he heard a guy on TV, Cordette told Jim Cornett told a story. Don't do shit you don't know how to do, baby. Don't do shit shit because you don't know how to do, baby. Look up the story; I'll tell you all about it. But overall, I like the finish where Liv does a senton or a, like a, a sit out splash through a table. And actually, maybe pop like, oh, she's gonna beat Ronda, and Ronda gets out of the armbar lift, fights, and Ronda reverses into like a like a net grip vice thing, and Liv in not pa- lived in tap out. She passed out, and she smiled. And I'm gonna talk about that a little bit. Rhonda gets the win twelve in um twelve minutes and five seconds on a scale of one to five. I'm gonna give this a two point seven five out of five. I just didn't think it was a good match. They need to get the belt off Liv. They need to get the belt off Liv, live, and get it put back on Rhonda. And I think it's a good mind. I would have rather seen Liv win a rumble than cash in the money in bank contract. I think you Liv is that old that old school baby face where she keeps reaching and reaching and reaching and reaching and finally she gets a win. But is what it is. Um, I will say also, um, they're talking about turning Liv Hill, making her giving her a little more dark side of her character. I'll be honest with you. It's probably needed. It's probably needed because she once again these fucking fans, as soon as she starts winning, they start booing her. And it's just like, why? Like, why do people do this shit? Like, why do they sit there and just consent? Like, they, they, they do this shit all the time. The moment The Office wants to go with you. Oh, we don't want you no more. Fucking wrestling fans get on my fucking nerves with that. We're going to talk about AEW at the end of the show. You know, do I even want to talk about AEW? Yeah, I might as well talk about AEW at the end of the show. (laughs) Anyway, so, um, Rhonda talked a little shit. She actually did it on Instagram, or I think it was Instagram or Twitter, maybe both. She did a video where she's got the belt on her shirt, and she goes, Guess Hooters didn't do a well enough job or something like this. Because Liv used to work at Hooters. When she was um when she was going to wrestling school, she worked the Hooters to support herself. So, Ronda taking a little dig. This is the match I was really excited for: Carrying Cross with Scarlet Lucky Motherfucker against um Drew McIntyre. And um, I will say that um it, I people online are giving it a shit because of the finish, but overall, match comes out. Drew comes out, he's over. Kara Cross comes over with that badass entrance. And I always oh, I've said this before. That was the one guy the, of the releases and the, the shit they brought. There was like a handful of guys they fucked around with. Cross was one of them. One guy that returned later tonight that I my show with, you know what I'm talking about. And Keith Lee was another one that they those three guys they fucked around with. Some things I understand with Keith Lee, I understand, but there are other things I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh. But overall though, um, Starts off, you know, Cross doesn't want for the strap on. They're having a strap match, and Cross jumps McIntyre. They brought out in the ring. I didn't think that was all needed personally for this. And the bell rings, so they went actually 20 minutes, but the, the official match time was over, a little over 10 minutes. I did like the whole, um, I did like the whole fucking thing with um, Drew, um. You know, Drew, whooping, and they were laying that fucking strap in. They were laying that shit in. And I like how Michael Cole was talking about the first strap match, but the greatest strap match of all time with Super Bowl three from 1993, Vader B- versus Sting. And I recommend if you have Peacock or you can get online and look up, search that match. It is a great, it's the greatest strap match of all time. It's actually one of my favorite matches to watch. When I go back and watch, when I go back and watch the film, um, <clears throat> when I go back and watch the film, I'm not film. When I go back and watch the the, the show, I watched that. I always it's one of my go to matches. Like if I want to watch a wrestling match, um, that's one of the, the matches. Well, it's one of my top ten favorite matches. I, it's just a brutal match. Uh, Vader and Sting just beat the hell out of each other. It's a it's a it's a it's an early '90s classic, and I, I actually love to do a watch along with somebody on it. If they ever want to do it, like it would be a cool idea concept. So anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, this match was going good. Cross gets some heat on Drew, getting a little physical him. He had him tied up to the ring post, whipped him with a strap a couple of times. I thought that was good. Drew fires up with future shock DDT. Scarlett keeps getting in the way, cutting off, and then they go to the finish where they – actually, before that, they were standing in the ring, and they were fucking throwing some forearms and throwing some shit, and they were laying their shit in a little bit, getting a little snug. I'm sure Cross and McIntyre have been hit worse. Like, <laughs> they probably, let's lay our shit in. They look good. They start whipping each other with the strap, and they were wearing each other out. They wore each other out with that strap, and then – um. McIntyre gets some heat. He's going for the Claymore. He counts down. Three, two, one. He goes to take off. Scarlett comes in front of him. He tries to step aside Scarlett, step aside. and Scarlett takes out pepper spray and maces him in the eyes. Sprays him in the eyes, excuse me. Cross gets, and Drew's distracted. Cross winds up with that back back, four, back forearm. One, two, three, and Cross gets the win. Cross needed the win, but you need to protect Drew. So they did a good job. Heels need to cheat the win. And when you got a valley like that, you need to happen. You need to put a little edginess to him. That's how you beat guys. Unless Drew is going away clean, if he's going away for six, seven months, like everybody thought he was, because Drew's been having some issues with his back, he, Cross probably would beat him flat. Probably beat him flat in the middle of the ring. But overall, I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good, solid strap match. I didn't think. I don't think people were. I think people were expecting too much. People were probably were thinking that um, that it was possible that um, they were expecting maybe a bigger fight, field match, or a big saw or a big, like, all oh, these guys are going to bust each other up real good. It, it wasn't like that. It was more of Cross with his facials, Scarlet getting involved in the match. It was more of Drew firing up as a baby face and them doing whatever. They got the crowd on their feet a little bit. The crowd was kind of blah from the live and Ronda match. But on a scale of 1 to 5, I'm going to give it a 3.25. I think it's a good match, but it was a good match. It got crossover. It protects Drew. It did his take. I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5, then, by the way. I'll just do that. All right. Raw Women's Ladder Match. By the way, I want to point out the vignettes they were doing with the Flyers mask, Flyers mascot and The Miz and Dexter Loomis. I think that shit's great. It's pretty good. Um, point out, and everything was strictly wrestling. There was no backstage promos I remember of. Everything focused on outside of the um, what the ending was and the ring. There was no and previews. Everything stayed in the arena. I thought that was great. They focused more on the show, so a lot of time the show. All right. Bianca Belair versus Bailey for the ladder match for again, raw women's championship. change the fucking names, god. Um Bailey is is one of the most overheels in the company, the whole ding dong. She knows what she's doing. You got Bianca Belair out there. She's money. I've been saying for years she's money. Good ladder match. I actually thought Bailey was going to win this cuz the way it was pointing out, I thought they were going to win it. But overall, you know, they talked about Alaska and Alexa Bliss. Neither one of them were there. Uh, crack my knuckles. Though neither one of them were there. They were, um, you know, to help them out. So what they did was they put um, they put them in a situation where, you know, they did a lot of things with the ladders, you know, teasing each other with the ladders. Worked for a good psychology with the ladder match. And they pulled off Io Sky and um, Dakota Kai run down to stop Bianca. because I knew it was coming the way it was just too soon. They come in, Bianca fights them off, and – Bianca fights him off, and she uh goes up, hits her K.O.D. finish. I think hits her finish where off hits him both twice. She didn't get EO all the way, but she got him enough where she just turned him. So it was still pretty cool Feet of strength. She's probably one of the best. She's one of the best athletes on that roster. And then they had a uh, finish where Bailey was calling the ladder, and she did a finish. And Bailey, I thought she hit Bailey hit her face. She was able to protect herself. Bianca goes up and climbs up the ladder and gets it. I thought it was a good match. I'm gonna give it four out of five. I thought it was a good match. They told a good story. They worked the ladder. Bl- they worked the ladder to the best of their advantages. They did a good job. And um, you know, you know, I was sitting there thinking, who's gonna beat Bianca? I think the only person that can beat her right now, if you bring her in, is probably Charlotte. You put Charlotte on TV, bring her back. I think Charlotte and Bianca can tear the house down. I actually want Rhea Ripley to beat beat Bianca, but we're gonna talk about Rhea Ripley here in a minute. <laughs> Let's talk about the fifth match of the card. By the way, six match card, perfect timing for a show. Everybody got their time. It was good. Fifth match of the show: Edge versus Finn Balor in an I Quit match. Now this is a match where I kept saying to myself, "The Judgment Day has got some steam rolling. They've got some heat, but they've lost some big matches. They need a win today. But how do you beat Edge? How do you beat Edge and get Finn a win? And I will say this." First off, Edge comes out. Edge looks great for 48 years old. He's performing his ass off. He looks for the... Finn Bauer, I like his entrance. I didn't understand the mask, but it is what it is. I like that... um, I did like the whole... You know... One thing I want to buy this I quit match is... I don't like the referee being in control of the mic. I think the wrestlers in general should be in control of the mic. I like the fact, you know, they kept working. They went around the arena. They used the hockey sticks... 'Cause they're in Philadelphia, so you know it's a hockey town, hockey city, excuse me. So they worked, they worked a lot of good spots with this, a lot of false finishes. Edge got some momentum on fin, fin got some momentum on edge. David Priest comes in, does a run-in edge, cuts him off, and then you know, Rhea Ripley runs down, and um Rhea Ripley runs down with Dominic and they jump edge and then Edge is handcuffed to the ropes. Edge is handcuffed to the rope, hellcuffed edge to the ropes, so they all three gang up on him. And then all of a sudden, um uh all of a sudden Ray Mysterio's music hits. And I wants to point out Michael Cole was excellent on commentary with this. Ray runs out and he cuts off Damien, he cuts off um he cuts off fucking um Finn. Also, I want to say a great spear spot with Edge off the apron taken out to judgment day. I thought that was great. But they, they you know they Ray goes in there and Dominic attacks him from behind and Michael Cole screaming, calls him a son of a calling Dominic a son of a bitch. That's your own father, what are you doing? Blah 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 blah. And then to me, Beth Phoenix comes in. she makes a run, she's tired, she starts whipping their ass with candlesticks. Her and Rhea have a showdown and it was the crowd was into that because Rhea and her are very similar in a lot of ways. They're very similar in they're built and stuff. And she goes, This and you see Beth say, This is your dream match, Beth. I mean Rhea, what you gonna do? Rhea swings. Ducks, they battle a little bit, hits that fucking spear on Rhea. Great spear spot. And then um I don't remember what happened, but I remember as his hands get cut off. They do a thing with Dominic. He low blows Dominic, gets some revenge. And I don't remember what happened, guys, after that. I didn't even watch this back, but I do remember I don't know how Rhea got the brass, Rhea gets some breasts and she knocks Beth out. I don't re- I don't remember seeing it because I turned my back to do something and I missed it. And then all I see is they beat Edge down a little bit, they tell him to quit. Quit And then they have Rhea, Beth on, a, on a, like a concerto, and Rhea's teasing, like, you better say I quit. And Edge finally says, I quit. I quit. And I'm thinking, that's a great finish to give the Judgment Day a win, to give Finn a win against Edge or whatever. And then Rhea said, you should have said it sooner. Bam! And she concertos. Rhea Rhea goes in convulsions with her hands and her fingers. They walk over and protect her. And now the Judgment Day leave. And the people were booing the shit out of the Judgment Day. They got some heat. So it was a great match. A little long for my tech. You went 30 minutes. You probably could have cut back about five minutes of this. But storytelling is great. Uh, four and a half. 4.25 out of five. Now we go to the main event. The fight pit match. Matt Riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins. With Daniel Cormier as a referee. By the way, cool idea getting Daniel Cormier in there. There was rumors about Ken Shamrock. But I'm like, ah, DC's got more mainstream attraction. I understand why they went with that. Overall though, I this is the second fight pit match. By the way, it's a great concept. Great concept to have this. Overall though, um, it was okay. I felt like the first fight pit was better. They did some crazy spots. Uh, I mean, Seth Rollins did a little tribute to Rob Van Dam. Even I realized he has hands taped like Rob Van Dam and wore the boots that RVD used to wear. I thought that was cool. Uh, Matt riddle came out and he was kind of serious business in the right scooter of the ring they went in there and had a good they they did a great job with they all <clears throat> expected they all did a great job with certain things i thought that uh, they did they they were it was a it was a good story to tell. I felt like you know Seth Rollins Rollins has lost a lot this year, but he's got so much steam on him so he can afford to lose. So Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle can walk in and um, he needs a win, basically. So Matt went in, this feud got real personal. To me, it's feud of the year, honestly. They had a good, they worked real well against each other in this. They used the cage, their advantage. Matt did a great job of submissions. Daniel Cormier and Matt Riddle had teased a little confrontation. And he popped him. you know, it like, and I, I was surprised that Seth didn't try anything with DC. But I get, I understand, maybe want to stay away from that. Um we're up on the second three, the platform, you know, they, they tease Riddle falling off and he not, he hit, he hit an RKO on Seth. Seth rolls over and Corey Grace did a good job of saying how he, Seth caught one of the beams to break his fall, which I thought was great. And Riddle does a senton off the top and looked like it fucking took a lot out of him because Riddle's fucking face. Do you go back and watch this? Riddle makes his face where he's just like bland. He's screaming like, uh, mm. Uh, 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 I'm like and I'm trying not to laugh, but I ended up laughing. It's one of those things like you're like, oh, that looked like it hurt a little bit. Then they go into some more they go into something else. Riddle goes for a choke on Seth. Seth tries to power bombing in the cage. He can't get him off and finally Seth quickly taps out. They call the match. I thought it was a really good fight pit match. I thought it was good. I'll give it four. I'll give it a solid four out of five. I thought it was good. They did a good job working things. I just, the only issue I have with it is like these guys have talked about their families, their divorces, all this shit. And I just felt like if they had a little blood in this, I probably would have rented a lot higher. But I did like the fight pitch. I thought it was good. And then, you know, they Michael Cole signing off on this, DC and the ramp, and they go, thank you very everybody. And then the lights go off and the crowd pops. And then the flashes come out, and we're all, and I'm like, we all know what's coming. And then you hear the over the speakers in the arena, you hear it. He's got the whole world in his hands, and the whole crowd goes crazy. And then we start seeing flashes in the crowd of different characters: the Huskis, the pig, the witch, the bird, the fiend, the old fiend. That's when he got when that person was burned. And then they did it. They go up to the screen, and now all of a sudden there's a door in the middle of the entranceway, and then there's a flash up at the top of the arena on the, the jumbotron, and. It's a guy wearing a black foam mask saying, "Who killed the world? You didn't. I did. We did." In the laugh, and then the lights oh, door opens up. The light flashes away, and out steps a man in a lantern with a mask on. Takes the mask off, and it's Bray Wyatt. Huge pop. Crowd goes crazy. Wyatt looks in camera, and says, "I'm here, <laughs> or I'm back, or I'm here." And the light comes off. It flashes. The old white Wyatt logo. Flashes off, and the old the Wyndham Six logo comes off. And it snaps. And that's the end of the show. Bray Wyatt is back. Now, that was the best ending of the field wrestling show we've had all year, in my opinion. I thought Bray looked fantastic. I think Bray is back to his old ways. I did like the Fiend character, but I like Bray Wyatt being Bray Wyatt. I think Bray Wyatt coming back as Bray, he's not the cult leader no more. He's going to be Bray Wyatt. And I think that's the best thing about it. I think this variation of Bray, we're going to see more Wyndham Rotunda in this. And I think that's what I'm so excited about now. I'm going to go on where we go, but after this, the round of the show on a scale of 1 to 10. I did, I tweeted a 9 out of 10, but I'm going to back off. Braun, Brutes and Sheamus, good way kick off the show. Ronald Rouse, a little more than the right decision the belt, but the match was kind of like lesser. Karen Cross, Drew McIntyre, the match with the way I thought it should go. Bianca Bailey, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Fitting edge, delivered, but a little too long. Matt Rowe, and Seth Rollins, solid, really good. Just wish there was a little bit more attitude. Great return at the end. 8.5 out of 10. I'm going with that for the show, really good. Now, where do we go from here? Here's what I think. We know we're going to get Sheamus and I'm going to go from the matches where we go from here. Sheamus and Gunther are going to go again. Here's what I think. If you're going to do a third match with these guys. You got to do something. Does Sheamus win again or what? And I personally think, in my opinion, <sighs> Sheamus and him, I want to see him and Gunther do an Iron Man match. Give him 30 minutes or 40 minutes Forty five minutes, and put them on. You can put them on SmackDown. Hell, put them on Survivor Series. And put give them the time, but give them thirty minutes and let them go to war. And if and I think you either put the belt on Sheamus or Gunther, keep the belt on Gunther. But either way, you gotta do something. They're doing a good job. Of keep they're doing a good job. And Sheamus is so over. He ain't, he's not worried about Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan in a prurium, and Butch and Ridge Holland. I think you keep those guys at bay because I think those two guys could be tag team champions once they get the belts off Uso's and they parade everything. We're gonna go. Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan. I think Ronda's gonna carry that belt to Mania. They're talking about her and Becky Lynch at Mania for the for that that belt for the the for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I think they're gonna go with that. It could work. It could not. But we'll see what happens. Liv, I think she's gonna turn heel, make herself a little bit more dark for character. Role, we'll find out. Karen Cross, Drew McIntyre. I think Drew McIntyre. They're doing their best to protect Drew. At this point, Drew might need a. Maybe you take Drew off TV for a couple first six weeks, give him some time off. But I think Cross eventually is going to challenge Reigns because Reigns is working Logan Paul Crown Jewel, and I'm actually very excited for that. See how that plays out, but you know Reigns is going to beat Logan Paul, and Reigns and Cross are going to cross paths. I think a Survivor Series that could happen. Excuse me, Bianca Belair and Bailey. I think Bianca and Charlotte is down the line. I think Bailey is going to continue to be a pest in that women's division. Eventually, I think she's going to be a pest with those what with damage control or quality control, what the fuck they call themselves. I think they they're in the right position with that. Finn and Edge, I think this is leading to war games of Survivor Series. I think the judgment day with those four are gonna take on Edge, Ray, Beth will get involved, I think, and somebody else. And they're gonna put those four in war games. And I would be ecstatic to see these four war games. I think that would be the that would probably be the main attraction match for Survivor Series. Is the war because war games gonna happen? You're gonna have the women's and men's, and I think that would be a pretty dope idea. And I know they said that they were gonna do men's and women's, but why not add Rhea and Beth to that match? I think it would be a bad idea. Matt Riddle and Seth. I think it's this feud. they're I think this feud has played out. I think there's time to end it. Maybe they go to Saudi and do one more for the third time, but I think you gotta give. I think if anything, Seth needs to get back on the title pitch. I think Matt Riddle. I don't know what's going on with Randy Orton. They say Orton's back is better, is worse than what they thought. I hope Randy gets back because I think Matt Riddle versus Randy will happen eventually if he comes back. And Seth and Seth is going to get back in that world title picture, but he's actually wrestling. This, I'm recording this Monday. He's wrestling Bobby Lashley for the U.S. title tonight. so maybe Seth. Seth can get that U.S. title. Maybe he will. I don't know. Yeah, let's talk about Bray Wyatt. When Bray Wyatt got released. I was sitting at home thinking, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Cross and Strowman, these guys, I understand you butchered them. They don't have nothing. You cut Bray Wyatt, though, of all people. One of the most creative guys you can have because in events didn't get along. And it sucks. So here's my opinion on the whole thing. You ask me. Bray Wyatt's gonna come back. I don't think you can make Bray just a babyface or who. I think Bray needs to play both sides. I think Bray needs to be what he wants. I like to see Bray Wyatt be a full fledged babyface. Just be a babyface and, you know, and working guys. I think Bray Wyatt against Roman Reigns could happen. I think Bray Wyatt and, you know, Seth Rollins would be good to watch. I think they can redo that a little bit. I think Bray Wyatt and, you know, (coughs) excuse me, I think Bray working with, uh, Bray teaming up with Edge. To go against the Judgment Day would be a good idea. I think that would be a great way to bring Edge back in. I mean Bray back in is to work with those guys, but I would. I, I've been asked, do I want to see the Fiend character come back? Yes and no. I mean, do I want to see? Do I want to see Bray, maybe become the Wyatt family leader again? I don't think so because I just don't think that's going to happen. I think that character's done and he's had his run with it. Bray needs to be Bray Wyatt needs to be more Wyndham Rotunda now. Now if the Fiend comes back every once in a while, that's fine. Do it for a special case. Maybe if against him and Finn Balor, you know, maybe Finn, Fiend like, I'm gonna bring the demon and then Bray says, okay, you wanna bring the demon? I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring the Fiend back. Either way, I think it's gonna be interesting what they do for Bray. I think Triple H is in control. He's gonna listen to Bray's ideas because the marketing, of the booking on what they did with Bray was fucking excellent, fucking excellent in my opinion. So. Overall, guys, I told I thought I mentioned AEW, but I don't think I'm going to talk about them this week. They got a lot of things going on with the hottest heel in the business, MJF, and I think that's the best thing they got going right now. Uh, another fight with Sammy Gravara and Andrade. They got a lot of drama. Just I don't have the time to talk about it today. I'm on a I'm on a I'm on a tight window right now because I'm leaving here in three days for Myrtle Beach. So enjoy the show, guys. Stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to talk about Hellraiser 2022. We're also going to talk about the following episode. We're going to talk about how we're going to re- review Halloween Ends. And then the following episode, I'm going to do a whole episode on the State of Halloween franchise. And just remember, y'all, I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is, straight up.